0: I'm in the house, I'm in the house. Amen, Amen. you can't beat me being in the house. Especially right after communion, there's no place like being in communion with God. No place like it. No place like it. And I get excited about that, knowing that I'm in covenant with the Lord of Lords and the kings of kings. Today we will continue with the divine life. And i am go with the foundation scripture, 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4. Simon Peter, servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that obtain like precious faith, us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, our Lord. According as his divine power have given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Back at all things. My definition, all means all, and that's all, all means all. <laughs> through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, that by these you might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Over the last five weeks, Pastor TJ and Pastor Karian have been building a bridge from the natural to the divine life on the pillars of divine identity, humidity, Humility, confession, your self image, confidence, and personal development. Today we will focus on on verse four. But before we get started, whatever you use as your sword, if it's your phone, your iPad, or mostly if you got a Bible, how about get that in your hand? And let's make this confession. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved, am not moved by what I hear. By what I am not moved, I'm not moved by, how I feel. by how I feel. I'm only moved, I'm only moved by, what I by what I believe. And I believe, I believe the, word the word of Father God. And this Bible, and this Bible that, I that I hold in my hand is Father God's word. Is Father God's word. I am who Father God says, I am. God says says I, am. Can have I can have what Father God says I can have, and I can do what Father God says I can do. Father God, Father God, thank you, I thank you for equipping me, for equipping me with, your word. with Your Word. And Father, right now we come this morning, Father. I come against any drowsiness, Father. I come against any inattentiveness, right? Inner, inner tentative, inner tentative right now, Father. Father, everybody is focused. And the mind is prepared for the word. And Father, your word will go forth with power, conviction, your word will go forth with simplicity. And Father, we give you all praise and all glory and all honor as I decrease, that the Spirit increase. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. All right, like we're going to focus on verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers in divine nature having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, you focus on that word lust. You know, um, Dr. Cole defined lust as lust desires to benefit self at the expense of others. Lust desires to get and to take. But we escape that because we operate in love. And love gives. Love does not take. So we escape that corruption of the world by being partakers of the divine nature. I also want to focus on promises. Have you ever had a promise or uh, have you ever broken a promise? If someone made a promise to you and said, okay, I tell you what, Joe, I promise you I'll give you $5,000 tomorrow if you draw out this agreement for me. First, I got to decide: Look, if that dude got five thousand dollars? You know, can I depend on his word? And see, when God make promises to us, we got to know that God is more than able to deliver what He said in His Word. He's more than able to deliver, and you know He got what He said He has because He owned the cattle on a thousand hills, the earth, and the fullness thereof is His. That's right. So any promise He make to us, He's more than able. To deliver. So, what I want to go by first on the on on I like the King James version because they always give those adjectives, you know, that exceeding great and precious promises. Did he have to say all that in it? Yes, he did, because they are exceeding, they are great, and they are precious, because they come from our Lord. So, you know, uh, we make mistakes, and, and sometimes we break promises, but our Father would never break a promise. A promise assumes the veracity of the ability of the one who makes that promise to keep it. So when God makes us a promise, we can count and depend on that promise and come to, come, come, come to fruition. Because first, God is truthful. I want to go to Numbers 23 and 19. I'm reading from the King James Version. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? In Titus 1 and 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So our God is truthful. Everything that he says is the truth. You know, a lot lot of times we get sick or or things happen in our life. Those are facts. It might be a fact that you don't have the money to pay your house payment. It might be a fact that you are sick. But the truth overrides fact every time. Because his word is the truth. You get the fact, but the truth overrides it every time. And our God is faithful. First Colossians 1, 9. God is faithful by whom you were called unto fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Going down to chapter 10, verse 13. There is no temptation taking you but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But very temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And see, that's one of our, one of those promises that we're gonna talk about later. How he promised not to put things on you that you cannot bear, and he's faithful in his word. He will not tempt you above that you are able, but with every temptation, he make a way of escape. Now, sometimes we ignore that way to escape, that's right. but it's not up to it's not God it's not God it's not God's fault. But he will make that way to escape. And a lot of times we be thinking about something to do, and then. We get this umption, we get this thing in and out. Man, is this the right thing to do at the right time to do it? Then if you ignore that, God has already given you that way, way to escape. He has already prompted you just enough for you to think about what you're about to do. And that's the Holy Spirit working in you. The one that leads and guide, uh, guides us each and every day. But if you ignore that prompt, then hey, but you're on your own. God has done his part. And our God is immutable. I'm going to Malachi 3 and 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. See, what God did for Abraham, what God did for all other people in the Old Testament, he would do for us. Because he changed not. You know people try to put God in a box saying, okay, we need to change this because the world is changing. No, we do not. We do not. God does not change. What God do for one person, he would do for another. The only thing we got to do is have faith and obey his word. You know, not only that person that that that, that that's trying to give you a deal or saying, "Okay, I'll give you this if, if you do this for me. We got to know the abilities, also the attributes of that person. And what is that person's ability? You know, what can he do? What, what do we know about him? I mean, has he got any kind of track record? Has he done this before? But our God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. Let's go to Hebrews 4 and 12. I'm starting at 12 verse. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any 2 edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the sun, of the soul, and the spirit, for that joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eye of him with whom we have to do. See how God is all-knowing. I mean, we have needs, we have a, a, a thing that, 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 that we need in our life, but God already know we need all those things. He already knows. And our God is omnipresent. He's always there. I'm going to go to Psalms 139, 1 through 4. Through the chief musician of Psalms of David, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts are far off. Thou compassest my path and my line down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. He's always with us. There's nowhere we can go that God is not with us. Nowhere we can go that God is not with us. And he's omnipotent. God is all powerful. Psalms 147 and 5. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. God is infinite. There's no end. There's no beginning. No end and no beginning. And think about it. Our entire life is based, our entire Christian life. Now, if you're a sinner, you might have another type of life. But our entire Christian life is based on the promises of God. Now, if we can't say that the thing that God is telling us is true, and we don't feel that he can deliver what he said, then what is our religion about? We have to believe that right now that Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father comes to make an intercession on our behalf, because that's what he said. We have to believe on that day, on, 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 that, on that Sunday morning, that that stone was rolled away from that tomb. We have to believe that when they went in that tomb, it was nobody there because he said he would raise. So that's our whole belief on the promises of God. And some promises are unconditional. You know, unconditional promise, when God makes a promise that he would do. Whatever he says he would do without exception. A perfect example there is Abraham. Remember when he told Abraham to leave his land? He said, now I will bless those who bless you. That wherever your foot was, your foot was stepped would be yours. See, Abraham didn't do, have to do nothing once God told him to leave his land. God said, I would do it regardless. And those same promises made to Abraham is our promises today. And also some promises are conditional. God promises to do something under certain conditions and circumstances. In other words, we have to take a part in it for that promise to be prevalent in our lives. And this one, I want to go to Romans 10 and 9. Everybody knows the scripture. 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. See, that promise is not made until you do what you're supposed to do. If you don't believe and you don't confess, then you're not saved. Because God's word is clear, God's word is precise, and there's no in-between. You know, sometimes somebody can tell you something, and, and you hear from this side, and you hear from that side, and you know... The truth is somewhere down the middle. But when we get the word from God, we don't have to worry about somewhere down the middle. His word is precise. You know, there are so many promises in the Bible. There are so many. When I, when I started researching this, I started getting excited because I started reading all the promises in the Bible. And you know, you talk to some scholars, some say, okay, it's 4,000. I've read what it said, somebody said it was 11,000 promises in the Bible. But let me give you Joe Thompson's definition of how many promises in the Bible. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough promises to do anything that you need to do in your life. That's right, Pastor, more than enough. The Word says more than enough. Regardless of how many it is, it could be 11,000, could be 20,000, could be 30,000. The only thing we need to be concerned with is that, that God can produce and he can, he, and there are no promises that he cannot keep. That every promise he made in the Bible, he keeps every one of them. He keeps every one of them. And some of the promises are things that we relate to, like peace, peaceful sleep. You know, uh, and some things that he, he guards against. Like fear, like distress. You know, in in, in the Word, God says over 365 times, the fear and the fear not. Because in order to receive the promises of God, we got to know that they are for real. And the only way to know that they are for real is through faith and through belief. And fear is the opposite of belief. So if you fear, how can you have the promises to come into your life? And you know, God is serious about that. If He, he said that 365 times, to fear or to fear not. Every day in your life, you can go through a scripture that says fear or fear not. That we walk in his promises, we walk in his promises without fear. Because he's more than able. You know, as believers, we got all these promises. And it is so many that I'm going not, not, to try not to cover all of them through, during, this, during this time. But it's some I do want to discuss with you. You know, uh, the first promise is when God brings us into relationship. And I will go back to Romans 5, 6 through 11. And I'm going to read that scripture. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. Because he said he came to this world to save the world. So Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure. For a good man should, would, but a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards, toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. Much more then, being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more being reconciled we should be saved by his life and not only so but we also joy in God doing our Lord Jesus Christ for whom we have now received the atonement see Jesus came and he atoned our sins past present, and future. So once you declare Jesus is Lord, once you believe that he was raised from the dead, once you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, all your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. That's another promise. So when we are saved, this first promise make all the others come into line you know you can have daily cleansing. He said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's, right. That's a promise, that we can be cleansed daily. When we get up in the morning and say, Lord, forgive me for everything I've done on this day. My sins, seen and unseen, because sometimes you might, you might do a sin of, of, of what they call it, uh, um, omission. omission. But cover yourself, because he said he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We know that God's presence is continual. Hebrews 13 and 5. Let the conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave or forsake you. So we know one of the promises of God that we are never alone. That we are never alone. God promised to always be beside us. You know when you see that um uh, uh that poster of the footprints in the sand. You know and 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 when 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 you see um, you st- the footprints in the sand, then all of a sudden you see two sets. Is that how it go? You see one set. And you know, you start with two and go, go to one. And you know that's when, when, when our worst times, in our worst times, when we feel we didn't know how to make it, you know that God is there to carry us through. He's always there to carry us through. And he also gave us the Holy Spirit as a helper, another promise. In 1 John 14 and 16, and I will pray the Father that He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. You know how long is forever? Forever is forever. That's like World for when you see World for in the document, you go back and see why it's there. Well, world for where? You look for it. But forever is forever. It's not a definition for it. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he promised to send us a helper. And you have the assurance of God's strength. You know, he said he would supply all our needs. Matthew 6 and 31. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or whereto shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knows what you have need of, all these things. But this is also conditional, because the very next verse he says, "What seek ye first? The kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you." So every promise we get from God is either unconditional or conditional. But mostly, what we are dealing with is conditional promises. That is something we have to do to ensure that that promise is prevalent in our lives. You know, uh, when I came from overseas, um, Trace had retired. I'm not going go through my whole testimony because I know y'all heard this before. But we got, we got back to the States, and uh, I started a little business called Trinity Home Improvement. Working out great. I mean, I had more business than I know what to do with. I just couldn't find any help to help me. That's how much business I had. And, uh, and I was all working with power tools. And one, time, one, one day I cut the top of my finger. I cut it right through the middle, fingernail and all. Right, but I couldn't leave the job site. So I stayed there, I prayed, I said, well, God, I'm a tie payer. I don't think I should be paying hospital bills and tithes too. <laughs> I said, so I'm going to wrap this thing up and we can continue on with this job. So that's what I did. I wrapped the thing up, you know, and put me a little cap on the top so it wouldn't hurt. And uh, two weeks later, I couldn't even tell where it was. And about a month later, I did the same thing and cut the top of the thing off, a different finger. <laughs> and I said the same thing I ain't got time to stop because I got to finish this job. said, God, I'm not going to the hospital and pay a hospital bill and pay tithes too. So I did the same thing. Stopped the bleeding, wrapped it up, put me a cap on top, and and went on about my business. And right now, I can't tell what fingers those accidents happened. Now, hey, don't get this wrong now. Don't you go there. Hey, Elder Thomas said, we ain't got to go to the hospital. Hey, let's don't, get, let's don't get this twisted now. That is where my faith was at the time. If I can believe God, anybody can believe God, you know, God meets you where you are. His promises are for where you are. And that's where my faith was. I felt he said that he would take mine from the board, my sicknesses. He said, if I pay all my tithes, all my needs will be met. So I just hold God at his word. God, you said this, I believe it, and you will perform it. Hold him at his word. You know, God answers our prayers. That's another promise. In First John 5 and 14 through 15, and it reads, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we have the petitions that we desire of him. See, that's the confidence. Pastor TJ was talking about confidence. He said we have to have confidence in God, in self, and in others. But this is the confidence that we have in God. If we pray, we share have the confidence that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatever we petition from according to his will, he will perform it. That's a promise. God is always ready to give you his best. Psalms 84 and 11. For the Lord God is a sun, is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from anyone that walk uprightly. You know, there's so many promises in the Word of God. There's so many promises, but every promise we have to face without doubt. We have to go with without unbelief. Going back to a part of my testimony. Uh, After after, after that business, uh, I couldn't get good help, so I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to let this go because you can't pay people to be on time. I mean, you can't pay people to come and help you. I mean, I was paying good, but I just couldn't get enough people to help, so I had to let that business go. So my wife was in real estate. So okay, I'll go do the real estate thing, you know, so I went to real estate school, got my license and everything. We started working real estate together, and God really blessed that. I mean, as a husband and wife team, I mean, we were probably were not one of the best out there, and God really blessed it until around, what, 2005, when the bottom fell out the real estate market. I mean, the bottom completely fell out the real estate market. But you know what? I did not fear. Amen. I had no doubt. Because God don't bring you to a point where he leaves you. My wife walking around the house and she she might get mad at me saying she was walking around worrying about, man, what we gonna do, what we gonna do? We gonna stand on God's word, that's what we gonna do. So I started putting these job applications, right? All these job applications say, okay, you gotta have this degree, you gotta have that degree, and 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 before you get the job. And the only degree I had beside my name was (laughs) 98.6. So I applied for these jobs. And uh, a guy came over for Bible study one Friday night. He said, man, you know, let me take your application. Let me take your resume. And he took my resume. The The next day, I was standing in front of guys that had PhDs and doctorates. And guess what? I got hired. Now, tell me God don't have favor. God favors those who would believe his word. God favors those who have faith that he can more than deliver what he said he would in his word. No degree whatsoever. Of course, I worked on it after I got the job. But the point is that I got a job that required a degree, and I didn't have one at all. You know what that is? That's right, favor. That's the favor of God. You know, God's favor would take you to places other men can't get. God's favor would take it to places that other men cannot get because you have the favor of God. You know, God grants us wisdom. He said in James 1 and 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, that giveth to all men liberally and outbraided not, and it shall be given unto him. In every decision you face, God offers wisdom to see that your life is conformed to what he said it should be. He gives you wisdom. You know, they say wisdom is the application of knowledge. But God cannot give you wisdom if you don't have knowledge of him. This is what this, what this, whole, this whole series is about. Is the knowledge of God. You got to have knowledge of him to, to even know what your promises are. You got to have knowledge of him to know what you have to uh, the, the things you have to do in order to meet his, his expectations. Because God do have expectation of us. Just like we have an expectation of God, God have an expectation for us. Yes, so we got to know what God expects of us. And that's the knowledge of him. This is not love. God provides rest for the soul. Matthew 11, 28 to 29. Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. You know that verse I don't care what I'm going through that I know that God will give my soul rest. He promises it. And if God makes a promise He's more than able to perform it. He comforts in the time of trouble. John Corinthians 1 and 3. Blessed be God, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we all ourselves are comforted by God. See, that's a twofold promise. God give us comfort so we can comfort others. How many times have you been on at a work site or you've been on a job or you've been anywhere? If someone knows that you are a true believer, when things go awry in their life, you're the first person they seek out. I mean, they can be the biggest cuss bucket in the office. I mean they can do anything that against the will of God. But when 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 tribulation hit their doorstep, the first thing they do is seek out a believer. Mm-hmm. Seek out a believer. And see that what God said, he would comfort us so we can comfort others. God gives his peace Philippians 4 and 6, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, there's so many promises of God that I can't get through them all. But I want to get through one more. You know, because when all things happen... You know, the last promise of God that you have a home in heaven. John 14, 1 and 3. This is one of my favorite verses. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll return it to you again. That where I am, you may be also. All these precious promises. But you know, brothers and sisters, we cannot have these promises until we have the faith to receive them. You know, Pastor T.J. and Pastor Corrine have given us this this bridge to the divine life. Uh, Anybody have ever had a chemistry set? You know how you put all these ingredients, and most of these ingredients are inert. But time you put that catalyst in, everything breaks loose. It's like you sitting there with, uh, with vinegar. Vinegar will sit there all day by itself, but put baking soda in it. And see, all these things that we're saying that we need to do according to in, 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 in Second Peter, all these things work together. But faith is the thing that gets you across that bridge. Faith is the thing that bring it from the natural to the, from the supernatural to the natural. It is the faith that we have in Hebrews one and six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is the reward of those that diligently seek Him. See, in order, for, in order to have faith, you must first believe that it's a God. And that he is a reward of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 one. Now let me go to Hebrews ten thirty eight. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Hebrews 11 and 1. Everybody quote the scripture. Now, faith is the self of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith. Faith is always now. Right. Faith is always right now. You say, right now, my son is saved. Right now, my daughter is saved. Right now, I have more than enough. Right. right now, my bills are met. Mm-hmm. Right now, there is no sickness in my body. Because Jesus said, he had taken my infirmity, brought my sickness, and through his strife, through his wounds, that I am healed. I am healed right now. We gotta believe everything we gotta believe right now. Cause faith is right now. Only one last thing with you. Because we have all these precious promises. And it's like a millionaire. It's like a millionaire that don't know how to use the checkbook. You got a million dollars, but you can't use it because you have no knowledge of the checkbook. You can't write one check. You got all this money and no knowledge of how on, on how to get it out. And that's how we would be if we don't have the knowledge of God. We have all these precious promises and don't know how to tap into them. I was going online researching, and I ran across this one thing. I want to read it. It's, it's a quote. I forget, I forget who did it. But I'm, uh, let, let me read it to you. God promises are checks drawn, drawn on the bank of heaven, backed by the unlimited resources of God. Prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour your blessings that you would not have room enough to receive. Malachi three ten. The Father has made the deposit, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was the deposit. John three and sixteen. He's authorized his signature in his word. For the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen. He's giving us the amount of the check is the kingly sum of according to your faith. In other words, you write that check according to your faith. So he's giving you a sum on the check. And he's he's included his name in every line, paid to the order of whosoever will, let him take the water of life. All remains is your corporation endorsing the signature on the back of the check. To tell a bank that you have accepted the check, this can only be done by faith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you should have them. That's all we need to bring the promises of God across that bridge into our lives. You know... The bridge of divine life is built on the pillars of our divine identity, our humility, our confession to the word, building our self-image to the image of God, our confidence to have confidence in God, self, and others, our personal development, and the catalyst of faith. that's That's all we need to bring those promises across that bridge. So today, we need to tell ourselves, like Pastor T.J. was saying, like today, the first day of your life or the first day of the rest of your life, today, we need to make a commitment that all those promises that's across the bridge in the supernatural realm, that we're going to bring them over to the natural because he said his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we bring those things across that bridge. We do it by everything that we have saying, our self-control, and, and, and we do it by the, our self-image on who we are. Remember who we are in Christ. Just like that confession today, remember who we are in Christ. Pastor, Pastor Karen passed out a sheet when, when, when she talked, and it said, I am. And it gave all these conditions that, that I... That I am on top only, not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. All those are the promises of God. Take that shit and confess those every day. Confess them. Because the only thing I do is confess his word and get it in our heart. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we don't, if we don't continue to repeat it, repeat it over and over again. Landon brought us a word yesterday said store up the word. And see, that's what we have to do. We have to store up the word. You know, so when that, when conditions, when, when, when we meet those conditions and we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit bring back to our memories on what word applies in that situation. So we need to store up the word and make these promises prevalent in our lives. All right, would you please stand? You no, know, I ran a little over today, and there's so much more I could have said. So much more. So many other promises out there. Like I said, there's more promises than, than you can actually think about. But don't think about the normal promises. Just know that God can deliver on each and every one of them. He can deliver on each and every one of them. So let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, you said that your word would not return to void, but accomplish that which you please and prosper to the things that you sent it. Father, you said that you will confirm your word with signs following. And Father, from this day forth, Father, we hold you to your word. Father, you said that if we confess our sin, that you have faith and just forgiveness and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Father, we believe your word. We have faith, trust, and confidence that you are more than able to deliver what you said that you would do in your word. And Father we thank you. From this day forward Father we'll go forth with the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Knowing it's not about us it's all about you. And Father we go forth with an expectancy. Father we expect to be perfect labels. We expect to be kingdom builders and we expect to be your ambassadors that can represent and represent you to this world just as you are in all of your glory. You. And Father we thank you. We don't take this lightly Father because what you have promised Father we will, we will receive the full benefits the total package And Father, we thank you, we love you, and we adore you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.